Thanks, Duncan. Great to worship. Duncan was talking about uh, the sequoia tree before the service started and how these huge trees are um, apparently when they when they're planted in the harshest or the seeds are there in the harshest winters. That's when they become the strongest, and they're these massive trees, aren't they? Uh, so thinking about these challenging times and uh, praying for ourselves uh, and for others that seeds of faith will be planted in these times and we'll discover God in the midst of them. I think we might have missed a few birthdays. I don't know if the Sweetlands are still online or maybe they've logged off, but um, I think it was Beth and Edie's birthdays recently. Um, so we just want to just want to celebrate you. If you're here again next week, then, then mention it again. We'd love to sing to you. Um, but also Hannah and Emily Wright as well. I think it was your birthdays too. So so sorry to have missed you. If you're still online, happy birthday, super people. Um, if not, we'd love to sing to you again next week. So thanks for thanks for putting it up there. And you might want to log off at this point because you're going to choose your own adventure and dig into the Bible in your own home. In which case, we've got those questions, which were um, Andrew's just going to flick them up again onto the screen now. But they're in the comments for the Facebook feed from a bit earlier on. So you can, uh, you can see those, those questions and you can dig into Genesis chapter 12 uh, in your household with whoever you're with. You might want to connect uh, up with others through Zoom if you're having to self-isolate or something like that. But we're looking, aren't we, in, the, in these times and we're trying things out. We're trying to be creative uh, because we are looking at forging our faith and, and growing in God. That's, that's really the key thing. It's not about being the greatest Bible teacher or getting the Facebook technology to work beautifully and slickly. It's about, it's about us having this heart which is pursuing God and looking to grow through whatever circumstances we're in. And that's the, that's the invitation that comes with Jesus. And we're going to see that, actually, as we, if you're going to stick with us as we're going to get into now. We're going to move into Genesis chapter 12, and then, and we're going to look at we're going to look at Abraham. We're going to do several of these uh, people in the Old Testament, and they're moving into the New Testament in their life and faith. Next week, Tanya's going to come, and she's going to do a, a part two on Abraham. I'm really looking forward to that. I love hearing uh, her teach, and love hearing the insights that she has from the Bible. So that's going to be that's going to be great. And we're going to start off today on Genesis chapter 12, and we'll go into 13 as well. And we're just going to do it. We're actually just going to walk through the Bible. I mean, that's the, that's the thing here. Paul, when he wrote to Timothy in, in Ephesus back in the day, he said, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture. There's, we can just read the Bible, actually, and we can get so much life out of that. Um, so, so we're just going to simply walk our way through. And as we do, I'm going to draw a few things out about Abraham's um, journey of faith. So it starts in, in chapter 12, and it just starts off by saying in verse 1, The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I'll show you. So this is, this is pretty, you know, pretty, pretty uh, fresh into the Bible here. Actually, quite a lot has happened in prehistory. There's been the kind of creation, there's been creation, there's been the flood. And then, and then this is the point where we're talking about history, so it's starting with, with Abraham. We don't know a lot about him. We know that his, his dad was called Terah. We know that he lived in a, um, in a, in a city or called Ur, and he was married to someone called Sarai. But that's it. That's pretty much all we know. I wonder, would he have, would his family have told the stories that go back the generations prior to them of knowing God? We don't know. There's a lot of things we don't know about this. And when it says the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people and your father's household, I wonder how he spoke. We don't actually know how he did that. Did he, did Abraham have a dream where, where, where he just knew that was God speaking to him? Maybe he had the same dream every day for a month, for a week, for a year. Maybe God appeared to him in, in, in sort of physical form and spoke to him 
as we speak to each other. Maybe he just had this growing sense in his gut somewhere that God was calling him and speaking to him. We don't know what happened, but we know that he recognised this to be the voice of the creator of God, such that he chose to listen to that voice and to obey it. But it's quite a big step for Abraham, isn't it? He leaves his, his father's household, and at that time, you know, his father was the patriarch. He had some, some gravitas, some weight about him, and you, you honoured your father until he died, and you became the... Abraham would have become, I guess, the head of the household. But Abraham left his father's household and, and, and in, in, in obedience to what God was saying to him. And he moved out into away from the city into a place that he didn't know. And as we see, as we're going to walk through this, 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 this journey of faith that Abraham walked was a journey of discovering and getting to know what God is like. And that's just the same for us. I don't know if you were here with us a few weeks ago. Um, Jez Sweetland was speaking back in, um, maybe back in August sometime. And talked about the life of faith when they they felt called by God to leave his leave his job in law and move into something else that God had for him. Uh, how he discovered God in whole new ways as he embarked in that in that journey of faith that he that he hadn't through years of Bible study and and and, and, and being a Christian. And so this is this is what the, when we when we see the challenge of these times. Oh no, what am I going to do? How am I, you know, what's the, what's the future like in, in these times? Actually, these are, these, are, these are wonderful opportunities to forge our faith and for our relationship with God to grow in ways that it can't if we just stay in the same place and if we're just comfortable. We need a challenge in order for our faith to grow. So he goes on, I'll make you into a great nation and, I'll, and I will bless you. I will make your name great and, will be, and you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So this is the, the promise that God makes to Abraham, that his descendants, which are the people of Israel, the Jewish people who are, who are here and amongst us, who we love, uh, we have Jewish people within our church community and, and, and around the world, they all trace their lineage back, their history, their family, their genealogy back to Abraham. And this man who, who did what God said. And I just think the decisions that we make today... Um, we can often think of them as, hey, it's just about me and, and my life in the here and now. But actually, the decisions that Abraham made back then to trust God had ripples that have transformed history. They've, you know, right the way through, to, we are here today worshipping Jesus because Abraham listened to God and did what God said. And, and we are the fruit of that today. Presumably, if Abraham hadn't listened to God, God would have raised up someone else to do to do that. I, I presume we don't know, do we? But but isn't that extraordinary? And I think that's such an encouragement to us when we live in difficult times, when we make a choice which is a costly choice to follow God. Then be encouraged by the fact that it's not just about you. It's not about you. We're, it's about us. Christy talks about this with Celebrate Recovery. So it's not a it's not about it's not an I thing. It's a we thing. And that's that's part of this. We're a community of faith. And, and, and the decisions that we make will have ripples through generations. And Abraham might not have seen a lot of what, a lot of the ripples, many of the ripples at all, even in his lifetime. But we, but they're all in here. This is it. These are the ripples of Abraham's life. So, chapter uh, verse four. Abraham left as the Lord had told him, and Lot, which is his nephew, went with him. Abraham was seventy-five years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. More than six people in his household wouldn't be very easy right now. It's quite a lot of them. Abraham travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem, 
at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord, and listen to this. So he's responded to the word of God. And then the Lord appears to him again and says, to your offspring, I will give this land. So God is revealing more of his intention towards Abraham as Abraham moves out in this journey of faith. The, 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 the plan, the, 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 who God is, is being gradually revealed and unveiled before Abraham as he walks this journey of faith. He wouldn't know this stuff if he hadn't started moving. To your offspring I will give this land. So Abraham builds an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. We don't read elsewhere before this of Abraham worshipping God, but maybe he's discovering here who this God is and he, and he builds an altar which is a place of worship. So here we see Abraham worshipping God for the first time. From there, from there on, verse 8, he uh, towards the hills east of Bethel and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built another altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. I wonder what he's calling on the name of the Lord for. Is he saying, God, what is this plan you've got for me? Is he just beginning to appreciate God in a whole new way and saying, I just, I, I just, I'm just so grateful that you've called me into this life of dependence on you. Or maybe he's panicking and he's, and he's, and he's in fear. Um, God, you've, you've got to show up now. I, 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 think, I think I heard your voice. I think I'm doing what you, what you called me to do. You know, where is this land you promised me? But he begins to call on the name of the Lord. You see this un, unfolding of his relationship with God here. Then Abraham set out and continued towards the Negev, which is a kind of area in the south of Israel. And then it all goes horribly wrong. You, you know, you expect, don't you, the sort of glorious thing. He's made this big sacrifice. He's left the security of his father's household and sort of its city, urban. I think Ur was a city kind of life. And then, but then, but, but then, look at this. It all goes horribly wrong. Where is God? Who is God? Is this for real? Now there was a famine in the land. So, so the food's dry. You know, I, I, I can't even imagine famine. You know, the, the short, the, really, the closest we've got is a sort of a run on loo rolls, isn't it? You know, but but, but we, we can't. Ima- I, I haven't been in a context where I've imagined where I've experienced fam- famine. Um, and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was so severe. And you can see here that, that Abraham's learned that God is his leader, and he's responded to the voice of God and let God lead him on this journey. But I don't think he's yet, and I think this is, I recognise this in my, in my journey with God. There are areas where I recognise God and, and, and see him. And then there are other areas where I haven't yet experienced him. I haven't yet known him, in, in maybe, maybe in my parenting or maybe in, my, in, 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 in areas of protection, which is what this is, if I'm, if I, if I'm in fear. And, and so Abraham here takes things into his own hands because he doesn't trust that God will protect him. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. They will kill me, but they'll let you live. I've got a plan. Say that you're my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. Now, does that sound to you like a godly way of living? You know, that doesn't sit, does it, as a, when we, we, we have the benefit of all the ripples of Abraham's early decisions of faith. We know the, the teachings of Jesus, which says, don't lie. Jesus says, when you're put on trial, when you're in a challenging situation, trust me and I'll protect you. David, the King David, he saw how when he was being persecuted and when people were trying to kill him, he knew that God would be his protection and he was. But Abraham hasn't yet discovered that in his journey of faith. He doesn't yet know that actually he can rely on God to keep him and Sarai alive in this place of Egypt, because there's a famine going on. Very understandable um, fear, panic, lack of faith in this setting. What's God going to do? Do you think God's going to blast him to pieces because of his lack of faith? Because he, he takes things into his own hand, he stops trusting God? Let's see what he does. 
When Abraham came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw, so we're on verse 14. When Abraham came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman, just as uh, Abraham was right there. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abraham well for her sake. And Abraham acquired sheep and cattle, male and female, donkeys, men servants and maidservants and camels. But the Lord, listen to say things, you know, so, so Abraham's cunning plan worked uh, in a way. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abraham's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abraham. What have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say to her, she's my sister, so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abraham to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything that he had. So, despite Abraham trying to sort it out on his own, actually God did it for him. God protected him and Sarai from Pharaoh and the Egyptians. God sent these this powerful, I guess maybe kind of a miraculous sign almost, on uh, the Pharaoh and his household, saying, don't mess with Abraham, he's, he's mine. I, Abraham and Sarai, they belong to me, they've got my protection. So even though Abraham, and I just think I just see here the mercy and the kindness of God, I can tend towards thinking, I've got to have faith, otherwise I'm not, you know, otherwise if I mess up, then can I rely on God's help? And we just, just hear, we just see God's kindness, don't we? We see God's unkind, uh, unfolding revelation. And, I, and, and Abraham will take that into his future journey, knowing that actually God's protecting me. Even though I tried to sort it out myself, God went before me and he kept me, he kept me safe. He, 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 he provided for me. And this is part of the Abraham's story um, unfolding. And so I just want to take us on, 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 on to one more chapter because we've seen so far um, God as Abraham's leader. And then here we see God as Abraham's protector. And I think all of these things speak into our lives in our different settings. I really resonate with these in my, my journey of faith. I'm sure I'm for you, see, you see things in your, in your parallels, protection, and, the, and this one is an interesting time. You know, when jobs and the economy is, is under threat, really, from the effects of coronavirus, um, Abraham here discovers God as his provision, his provider. So verse 30, chapter 13, um, Abraham comes out of Egypt with Sarai and his household, and he's got Lot, who's his nephew, and you can see that the household is well beyond the kind of rule of six right now. It's getting really, really big. And uh, there's lots of them. And they travel into, out of Egypt, which is sort of in the south, top of Africa, and they go up into the desert area, which is the kind of the bottom of Israel, south of Israel, and as it is now. So Abraham went up from Egypt, and uh, verse 3, from the Negev he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where, he had his, where his tent had been earlier, and he called on the name of the Lord there. I wonder what that, that time of calling on the Lord was like. Was it a real appreciation of the deliverance he'd had in Egypt? Was it a, rem- a memory of, or, or what, again, could it be another panicking time, couldn't it? I and mean, all of these things are part of the authentic life of faith. Now Lot, that's his nephew, who was moving about uh, with Abram, also had flocks and herds, but the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarrelling arose between Abram's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarrelling between you and me, or between your herdsmen and mine, for we're brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked up, and he saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards Zor. 
So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east, and the men parted company. So at this point, you've got they, they figure out that they can't, that, you know, they're herders. They've got sheep and goats, and I don't know if they have other cows and things as well. But that sort of that sort of lifestyle, they move around in tents, and it's a dry area. And largely, and there isn't enough uh, land to sustain all of the people and all of the flocks that they have. So Abraham, and I'm, re- I'm really interested here in Abraham's generosity of spirit. He looks at the land and basically says, um, "Look, you choose the bit that you want, and and, and it's yours." And um, I don't know about you, but for me, I would be thinking, uh, and, and and this is part of my journey is, is learning over time that God is my provider, and and uh, and He gives us everything that we need. And materially, practically, and so on. You know, I'd probably be looking at the land and thinking, hey, we've just come out of a, a famine. We had to go into Egypt. That was a hairy time. Um, I'd quite like the best bit, or at least a good part of the best bit, you know, of the land. Um, but Abraham has this sort of generosity of spirit where he says, you, you pick lot, whatever you like, it's yours. It's sort of carefree. And I think, and, and I, you, you see in people who don't necessarily know Jesus uh, often, you know, God puts um, his character, his heart in the, in the, in, in, inside all, all, all creation, all of us that he's made and aspects of us, aspects of his character, he, he, he gives to, to, to everyone. And then as we go on in the life of choosing to follow Jesus and give ourselves over to him, he shapes us more and more in his image. So I, I wonder, was that, did Abraham always have that generosity of spirit? Which I just passed me on water. But did Abraham always have that generosity of spirit in him? Or, <coughs> did he learn that? Did it grow in him through his experience of seeing God lead him out of Ur, through the desert, seeing, seeing God protect him um, in Egypt? Did that, was that a learned thing through his previous experience of God's provision? Because I find it extraordinary what happens not long after this. So we know, don't we, in the, in the, in the New Testament, the fuller revelation of God that we have through Jesus. Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. We see it in Malachi, and that last book of the Old Testament, it says, um, you know, trust God with your money. Give a, give a tithe to, to, in those days it was to the, to the priests in the temple. And, um, and we encourage people to give to the church, you know, to give to the Christian ministry as part of our worship, to give financially. And, and we've, and, and again, that's an area that I've learned as I've walked with God, as I've tithed, as I give financially to, to church and, and also to missions and, and, and other ministries, actually God has provided for me an abundance more so than I could have expected. And, 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 and that's a promise of God that we see in the scriptures that we can live on and walk on. And Jesus did that. He said, give and it will be given to you. But Abraham doesn't yet know that. He hasn't yet had that, um, that teaching revealed to him. But if we look on what happens next in verse 14, after that act of generosity from Abraham, uh, God speaks to him. And he says, the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot of parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west. All of this land, which is actually the land that Lots are taken as well. Um, all this land that, that, that you see, I will give you to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring would be counted. Go and walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I'm giving it to you. So Abraham discovers God here in a greater measure as his provider. And uh, God gives him this abundance after, after he has shown generosity to, um, to Lot, his nephew. And so we just see that, and we're going to move on. Tanya's going to follow follow on from this next week, and we and we're going to move into his journey with Isaac and and, and some more of that. But we we just see, don't we, that as Abraham moved, 
He didn't know exactly where he was going. God had promised him a land, but he didn't know exactly where he was going. And I think it's the same for, for, for a lot of us. You know, I know that within the church, people have got uncertainties about jobs. People have lost their jobs and, and people in, around us. Certain things don't look <coughs> certain. <coughs> Excuse me. Certain things don't look very clear. And for Abraham, also, things weren't very clear. And I, and I feel that the encouragement for us this morning, this is the kind, of, the kind of crux of the message this morning, is that we might not know who, where we're going, but we do know who we're going with. We might not know where we're going, but we do know, we do know who we're going with. And even that, we might not yet know that, that God that we're going with. We might not know him very well, but we'll get to know him along the journey. And that's the, that's the thing. Abraham, right, in Chronicles and other places in the, in the scriptures, Abraham's described as a friend of God. God, um, God. God and Abraham knew each other as friends. And you see at other points in the, in, in the story of Abraham, the life of Abraham, they almost debate together. Abraham negotiates with God and says, hey, how about this? You see the way that he prays. He prays as a friend of God. And it's very easy, particularly when we're comfortable, just, um, just to, uh, you know, for the Christian life to be um, stories that we read about uh, and and and, uh, and principles that we live by, but that's but that's never the design, is it? And the, 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 it is. It, we're called into adventure. We're called into an adventure that sends ripples, not just for our, in our own lives, but in generations. Not just blood family or anyone else, but society is designed to change through the salt that is the church, that is the people of God. Um, following God in this in this world, this is the this is our destiny. This is our design to be um, people who hear God and walk with God. And as we do, we get to know Him like Abraham did. And it's sort of really exciting. And the fruit will be ripples will be uh, will be felt by the generations to come all around the world. So I want to encourage you um, this morning. Uh, maybe you've been you know, engaged in this life of faith for many years. Maybe you never have. Maybe in the past you, you, know, you took steps of faith and, and, and now things are in a quieter patch. I want to encourage you and for all of us as a church family to, to, to say, Let's, let, yes, God, we step into this, this adventure of faith. We position ourselves to, to trust you. Help us to step out of the boat. Help us to, to be attentive to your voice and to move into new reliance on you in terms of your leadership. That was Abraham, wasn't it? Leaving Ur, leaving his father's household. God's leadership, God's protection, the way God protected him when he was in, um, at that time in Egypt. And, and God's provision, um, where God provided for him the land uh, that, that was going to become their f- home for the generations to come. So Alice is going to come, I think, and, um, and pray with us. Yeah, so just to kind of tie all those strands together from the sung worship to those, the, the way of faith that Chris has brought to us. I think many of us watching have had a seed of God's promise to us, a dream that he's given us and put inside of us that, that we know that we know that we know he spoke. And for some of us, we're in a season where it looks just dormant. It looks like there's nothing happening. Others of us are in a season of labour pains where it just feels like there's an excruciating process we're going through and we cannot go on. We almost feel we're coming to the end of ourselves, which is is in the natural birthing process, the the brink of breakthrough. That's when the um, new life is born. 
But wherever we are in that journey, I think what God is asking for us today is to put more confidence in his word in that seed than in our present circumstances. So the amazing word that Jesus spoke when his friend Lazarus had died, he said, this sickness will not end in death. So you have two ways to look at Lazarus. He's either dead or you hear the voice of God that says this sickness will not end in death. And our whole life of faith is choosing to believe the voice of God over what we see with our eyes because he resurrects from the dead. And so in Abraham, there's a voice that calls him. And his life of faith is learning over time, continually, to put his confidence in the voice of God over circumstances. And I love that last example of provider. He put his confidence more in God as his provider than his capacity to grab his own provision. And God actually gave him all the land. Great. So should we, should we pray? Yeah. If you're in your, in your homes, you might want to follow Carry on praying after this is finished. Uh, yeah. Maybe give someone a, a ring or if you're, if you're particular to pray through. I, think, I, think I really encourage everyone to be really intentional. God would have spoken to you through something this morning, through the worship, through what Chris has brought. He would have spoken to you to be really intentional and find someone, if either someone you're already living with or a friend, someone else, and say to them, this is what God said to me and I'm in agreement that this is going to be the action. So I'm going to bless that now. Lord, thank you when you speak. Our design is to, is to steward that word by coming into agreement, by saying, yes, we heard you. We know what you're telling us to do. We know what you're putting our fing- your finger on. These constraints don't prevent you working deeply in our lives and bearing fruit through us. And so we, I bless everyone at Hope to be highly intentional in this period, to find the person or the people or the group who they can say, this is what God's saying to me. And I stand in agreement with that and I want to bring it before other people to to test for other people to stand in agreement with me. And I just bless the seeds that God has already sown in our hearts, those dreams years ago. I bless us to have no disappointment in our life, just to break that off, to be restored into a place of hope. For those of us in labour pains, to just keep connecting until we give birth. And for those of us where it feels dormant, just to know nothing's ever dormant in the kingdom. There is prolific life always in the kingdom underneath the surface. So bless us all to move into this posture of intentional faith in this season. Amen. Great. Good to be with you. We'll finish there. We're going to be uh, looking this week at creative ways we can work within the the rule of six to have um, fellowship together Mm. um, in households and and, and in creative ways. Yeah. So as always, feel free to take initiative, share with us anything you sense God's saying, or any ideas that you have. It's, um, it's harder to communicate at, you know, at this time, isn't it, when we haven't got the passing conversations as we see each other on a Sunday morning here at Hope yeah. Chapel. So um, do, do, we do welcome any communication. For those of you who missed um, the first thing, Rebecca has been really working hard on, and she put together a term card for ways we could meet. Uh, as a community over the next few months that she has to now tweak because the r- rules have changed. So so contribute ideas if you have anything you want to feed into this, any desires and heart. This is a, a congregational journey together. But to know that we are really thinking through how to contend for connection and community in this season. Great. Bye. Bye. <laughs>